Welcome to Rose Colored News, a Law of Attraction podcast where I, Barbara Wagner, discuss a few news stories from a place outside of the drama triangle. So often people hear the news and they get themselves all dragged into the drama without realizing that there's another perspective. I also run a website, asabovebelowloa.com, where I offer Law of Attraction life coaching and run a blog. You can contact me there and feel free to leave a comment on the podcast there. There are also links to groups that I have on other social media sites such as Gab, MeWe, and Minds. This is the second actual news episode in this podcast. The first episode of the podcast was an introduction to the drama triangle, which is important to understand. The second episode was about vaccine passports, so check them out if you haven't. I recently saw an interesting news story from CARE 11, a local Minnesota news organization reporting on Target. I'll leave a link below to the article. The headline, as of right now, is Target pledges to spend more than $2 billion at Black-owned businesses. It says, quote, The Minneapolis retailer will add products from more than 500 Black-owned businesses and will increase spending at more Black-owned companies, end quote. And another quote further down, Target will spend more than $2 billion at Black-owned businesses by 2025 as part of its effort to advance racial equity. This is an example of racism fighting racism. I wrote an article on this last year called Black Lives Matter and the Victim Mentality, which I will also link to below. This isn't the first time I've heard of a company doing something like this. I've seen websites have a way to search for items by Black-owned businesses only, and also Google My Business asked me about my business and offered the option to label it as Black-owned or woman-owned so that people could narrow their search by these categories or that Google could promote them based on those categories. This is essentially like affirmative action. The premise is that this particular group, because of their gender or race, are underrepresented and thus have to be given a handout. So if you missed the intro to the Drama Triangle episode, check it out. But very quickly here, the Drama Triangle consists of the victim, the hero or savior, and the persecutor. In this case with Target, Target has decided that Black-owned businesses are a victim. They want to be a hero and save the victim. And the persecutor is what they would call systemic racism. Systemic racism is defined as a form of racism that is embedded through laws within society or an organization. According to that definition, what Target is doing is systemic racism, making a decision to choose to promote businesses based on their race. This isn't new, and it isn't to pick on Target in particular. Affirmative action is a systemic racism, too. I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and I was told racism was bad, but we were getting out of it. But in school, I was taught about affirmative action, which I realized was racism. And I thought it was weird that schools would be against racism, and then universities would pick students through racism in an attempt to fight racism. So choosing to promote specific races over others is racist, but that's not the only reason people get upset over it. So first, people of other skin colors than black can rightfully be upset because they are just as qualified to have a product in the store, but are getting shut out because of their race. That's definitely racist. But black people can be just as offended for another reason. It's really racist against black people to suggest, because of the color of their skin, they're not able to get their products sold without Target's help. It's extremely condescending for someone to come in and say that you need help, and they're going to do it for you because they don't believe that you can do it for yourself. This is the nanny state we're living in. Candace Owens, a black Republican woman who may run for president in 2024, wrote in her book Blackout about how the government incentivized women to not get married through welfare programs, uh, which caused there to be less fathers for children growing up. 
This happens for people of other colors too. My generation had a lot of divorces. My parents were divorced. It's actually been suggested that if there is a privilege, the privilege is for those who grew up with a mother and a father. I would suggest the reason so many people are looking to the government and state programs to take care of them these days is because they had issues with their parents growing up. I know I did. But when people start to deal with their issues, which they eventually will, they won't want the government to take that place any longer. As of right now, instead of looking to their own personal responsibility or having faith in God to watch over them and protect them, they're idolizing the government and say that protection has to come from the government or else they won't feel safe. This is why I suggest people try to find that feeling of personal power and safety first. People are miswanting it to come from the government. So Target has taken over the mother or nanny role and has placed Black-owned businesses in the child role. This move by Target says that Black business owners cannot do this for themselves. They need help. There are some Black people who accept this victim role voluntarily and take on that victim mentality, and they're totally okay with this. But there are plenty more Black people who just find this stuff condescending and racist. You have to believe in white supremacy, the idea that white people are superior, at selling products in this case, to those of other races, to even think of implementing policies based on race to quote-unquote help black people make money. The whole basis of quote-unquote helping black-owned businesses simply because of their race is because you believe they need help because they're not as good as white people at making a quality product that people want, or they're not as good enough at advertising that quality product, or they're not good enough at getting it into a store that sells this quality product when race is not a factor. So the premise of this move is that when race is not a factor, black-owned businesses are worse at getting their products sold, so they need help. Another thing black people dislike about this is that they will never know if their business is doing well simply because of these handouts or if it's because they're actually competent at their job. These views aren't made up. This is what happens and is happening in businesses where people wonder if they got hired because of their race to fill a quota or if they were actually qualified to do the job. In an effort to quash racism, these businesses become the racists. Another recent story published April 6th, United Airlines is to open flight school later this year and hiring push. Plans to increase diversity. From Leslie Josephs at CNBC, quote, United said it plans to train 5,000 pilots in its flight academy by 2030 and aims for half of those students to be women or people of color. At least they're going to train them rather than just hire based on race, seeing as how they're going to be flying planes. This is a reason why we want airlines to hire the best, most qualified people. Same goes for doctors and nurses, although I'm not sure that's happening in the health industry, because there is a big push for diversity, the woke word for racism, in healthcare right now. Even Tucker Carlson actually did a show where he mentioned that they're trying to get the vaccine towards black people rather than white people in an attempt to stop racism. They're actually choosing people who gets the vaccine based on their race. It's great for black people if you believe the vaccine is good. But if the vaccine is bad and going to harm people, why are they putting it on the black people first rather than the white people? Like, why is there racism in this? It shouldn't even come down to that. It should just be who wants it. But as it is, there's a lot of racism in the medical community as of right now. And personally, I don't care what race a doctor or nurse is. I just want the most qualified people working on my body if I happen to go to one. But at this point, you know, people are becoming racist in their hiring policies and we're getting less qualified people in certain positions. The premise for these folks seems to be that businesses were giving preferential treatment to white men systemically um, 
I would say that although maybe some places did, I don't think it's systemic. I think there's another reason why these fields are less diverse. If there's another reason, then the solution comes from somewhere else. And I am certain that there is a solution to racism that doesn't come from more systemic racism trying to fix it. For example, there was an article called The Unbearable Whiteness of Hiking and How to Solve It. Cognitive behavioral therapy helps people to question their beliefs. So in this situation, it would be beneficial to ask, do we know this is true? Is it really racism that keeps black people from hiking? Or is it that they just don't want to hike? Or do they want to hike and it doesn't get reported about because they don't talk about it or participate in polls? It's time to talk about critical race theory in the lens of law of attraction. Critical theory in general, is that you should be critical of things. That is to take a critical look at what's going on and see what's wrong. You're looking for what's wrong. Feminism is critical of gender roles, for example. According to the law of attraction, as you spend time focusing on specific things, you will start to see more of them. I discussed earlier the theory of thought forms being magnetic in nature. Thoughts that you think may be magnetic in a sense that they attract similar thoughts and you start to notice things that are close to those original thoughts more and more. You can think about something so much that you start to hallucinate and see it where it doesn't exist. If you've ever gone down the rabbit hole on a subject and realized you were wrong, this is basically what happened. I've had personal experience with an ex-friend who thought about another friend of mine. Um, she felt that he was mean and so she saw perfectly harmless posts on social media as attacks against me. This is condescending, for she wanted to save me and had placed me as the victim role, which meant that she had placed herself as smarter than me and out to help me. Well, this did help me to understand the drama triangle very well, and now we're ex-friends, right? But I also saw so clearly from this example how someone who has a particular belief can hallucinate or distort reality so much that they see something that isn't there. I recently saw a quote from Philip K. Dick, Reality is that which, when you stop believing in it, doesn't go away. Great quote. I showed the social media post that she believed was an attack on me to other people to get their opinion, and no one else saw it as an attack. Only she did, because it was her beliefs that had distorted reality. Critical theory in general is all about looking for what is wrong. Critical race theory is specific to racism, and it's been expanding from colleges and universities into the workplaces and now mainstream media, so much that it's now spilling into large corporations, taking racist actions in order to quote-unquote fight racism. Critical race theory starts with the premise that there is systemic racism. The real believers in critical race theory will never ask, I wonder if there are more white hikers because hiking is racist or if it's some other reason. I'll read a quick quote from a long article on this, and I'll leave the link below from newdiscourses.com. Quote, according to many CRT, that's critical race theory, advocates, including the best-selling Robin DiAngelo, racism is present in and relevant to every interaction and circumstance. The question, she says, must move away from did racism take place to how did racism manifest in this situation? For her, every situation and interaction contains racism, and the devotee of her program is to focus obsessively on finding it and calling it out, end quote. With a leading question like, where is the racism in this? You'll find something even if you have to make it up. Questions like, maybe our measurements aren't accurate. Maybe black people don't respond to polls about hiking as much for cultural reasons, etc. These, these questions aren't ever asked. Critical race theory starts with a false premise, which makes it a faith. 
On that note, I would suggest that we have a mixing of church and state when the state puts in practice racist policies because of the belief or faith in the idea of systemic racism. For example, any state trying to get rid of voter ID laws simply because they believe black people can't figure out how and where to obtain ID simply because they're black would be them trying to change laws based on racist beliefs, a racist faith system, really. Once again, it's incredibly condescending to suggest just because you're black you can't figure out how to vote. Joe Biden actually said this. From February 20th, quote, President Biden said during a CNN town hall Tuesday night that black and Hispanic Americans are getting vaccinated for the coronavirus at a slower rate than other demographics due in part to the fact that, quote, not everybody, end quote, in those communities, quote, know how to get online, end quote. A lot of people, still quoting here the larger portion, a lot of people don't know how to register, the president told CNN host Anderson Cooper. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, wasn't that pretty much everywhere if you're rural and you're in the inner city, know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at Walgreens or at the particular store, end quote. Um... Yeah, I did throw in a little comment there about the inner city districts and rural areas. He's talking about basically being in the city and also being in the rural area. And these people just don't know, supposedly, um, how to get in line for the vaccination. So Joe Biden doesn't think too well of the black and Hispanic groups. He is happy to take on the hero role while he calls them the victims who just don't know any better. I would suggest that the whole premise of the Democratic Party is one of trying to save the victims. Their platform is always talking about the poor people who are suffering under racism, poverty, sexism, etc. Their platform requires victims to keep them in power to save those victims. Not to say the Republicans don't play the drama triangle games either. They will often put Democrats as the persecutors, raising taxes and adding more laws harming the taxpayers who they see as victims. But I would suggest anyone who wants more government intervention is asking for a savior and is somewhat tangled up in the drama of it all. At the very least, Republicans are trying to get less government intervention, but at the same time, I think libertarians would do that better. But I digress. Um, I created a video, Our President is Not Our Savior, where I discussed that whoever becomes president wasn't going to matter in the way that people think it does. But I did get someone claiming that Biden was their savior in the comments. I'll leave a link below if you want to watch that video. I've said before, it's completely disempowering to look to someone else to save you because if they are not there anymore, what do you do? That's why idolatry was looked down on in the Bible. If you idolize Biden and think he's going to save you from racism, when he's gone, what do you do? See, idolatry is basically wanting someone or something to save you and that someone or something can disappear someday. In the Bible, of course, the eternal God is a spirit and it can't be destroyed and that's why. But any Thing that can be destroyed or disappear would be an idol if you're looking to it to save you. Whereas if you take personal responsibility for your reality, you can create a new life for yourself where you feel safe regardless if people come or go from your life. I don't know what the future holds, but if people put Trump as the persecutor and Biden as the savior, what will happen to those people if Trump won again in four years? It would not matter one iota who wins for someone who's outside of the drama triangle and taking personal responsibility for their life. But if you're idolizing one person in this spot and they leave, you're liable to freak out. This is sort of what happened when they freaked out when Trump won because they had sort of idolized Hillary. They thought she was going to win and then she was gone and then they freaked out. This is what happens when you idolize somebody and you think somebody else is the persecutor. You're only going to be stable if you don't have an idol, basically. 
So if you believe you're safe, simply because Trump is not the president, then what do you do if he wins again, right? But if you believe you're safe because you're the one who's in charge of your life, then it doesn't matter who the president is. You should never place your feeling of safety on someone else. And your feeling of power? Do you believe racists hold power over whether or not you can sell your product? Do you believe racists can say whether or not you get a job? Do you believe racists can keep you out of college? Is your financial security in the hands of racists? It never is, unless you have put it in their hands. You always have the ability to figure out a way to sell your products or service regardless of racists. You always have a way to make money regardless of what racists do. You can create your own business and figure out a way. You have that power, unless you give it away to somebody else willingly. Many businesses figured out a way to stay in business last year regardless of circumstances. Necessity is the mother of invention. There is always a way around what you would consider an obstacle. There is no white privilege. There is no male privilege. There's only privilege of thoughts. If you think you're a victim or that others have control over your financial security, then that is what you will see. But if you believe that you have control, if you've taken power over your life, you believe that you're not a victim of circumstances of what race you were born or what sex you were born, then you'll see how powerful you are. And racists and sexists cannot stop you from succeeding. Critical race theory is disempowering and condescending. It's also expanding. Is this bad? I won't say that people promoting it are persecutors and that we're the victims. People are free to believe what they want to believe, but they will continue to go down the rabbit hole, looking to see, quote unquote, where's the racism here, even if it doesn't exist. When they finally realize what's happening, however that happens, maybe from realizing their own hypocrisy, they will realize that whatever you look for, you do eventually find. If you find whatever you're searching for, would you rather search for racism or proof that people are over that old way of thinking? If you find whatever you're searching after, then would you rather look for things to feel bad about or things to feel good about? The people who spend so much time asking, where's the racism in this, will be way more able to quickly shift that question to another question. Where's the proof that racism is over? When they realize they want to feel better and that they can feel better, they have the power to feel better, and when they know that they can find what they're looking for, they'll be an ally in finding places where racism is over. Then they can manifest that in their lives. Also, their search to end racism is an honest one. They have good intentions. And according to the law of attraction, they have a very strong asking for racism to be over, which means it is given. When you ask, it is given vibrationally. I think the New Age beliefs in increased belief in reincarnation is proof that it is. The reason why I would say this is they tend to believe we all come from the same place, and if you reincarnate, you've probably lived through all races. Hating someone because of their race is basically hating yourself if you have these beliefs. It just wouldn't happen for someone who actually believes these things, as I do. The Law of Attraction states that basically how you feel is what you're going to attract. People who believe in the Law of Attraction want to feel peace, love, kindness, because that's what they want. Do unto others as you would have done unto yourself, This belief is going to have people treating everybody as they would want to be treated. And the belief in law of attraction is growing, and it also says we have equal power to change our lives. These beliefs are growing, which prove many people are not thinking less of others based on their race. They're not mistreating others based on their race. That said, racism may get worse on the news simply because news organizations focus on things that trigger people to be emotional because it makes them money and because places like Target are focusing on racist policies right now. I'm not hoping for this, but 
some of these diversity training situations are likely going to create more white supremacists in the short run. They're pushing against white supremacy and what you resist persists. If a company says we're going to hire more black people to increase diversity and or lays off the white people, obviously white people may get upset if they're still in the drama triangle. They'll be able to play the victim and label the business as the persecutor. That's where the white supremacists come in. But here's an interesting idea of what could happen. With businesses like Target making racist moves, it may lead stakeholders to sue. They could argue that the CEO and other managers of the company have violated their fiduciary duty to the company and therefore to the shareholder. If the stock goes down in companies after they make these racist decisions, they could be sued for not making decisions with the company's best interest in mind or losing shareholders' money. Scott Shepard discusses that in the article Stakeholder Capitalism or Everyone Come Sue My Company, which I will leave below. People in these businesses are making large gambles right now. These large companies are speaking up on very divisive issues and taking racist stands. The only reason that I can see why people are applauding them on this is because the mainstream media, who loves the drama triangle because it makes them money, props it up as a good thing and never seems to explore how racist it is. This is because woke beliefs get put into a box labeled diversity and inclusion, which everybody wants. But when you open the box, you see that they're racist, that they're actually excluding people based on race. People just read the label and don't ever examine the contents, just like people who take drugs without reading the side effects. Those side effects are going to be felt because they are just taking more racism in when they do that. So again, this focus on promoting racist policies to fight racism just creates more racism. It doesn't work to end racism, it promotes it. Morgan Freeman knew what he was talking about, though. Mike Wallace of CBS 60 Minutes asked Morgan Freeman about this once. He asked, how are we going to get rid of racism? And dot, dot, dot. Freeman responded, stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man, and I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You want to say, well, I know this white guy named Mike Wallace. You know what I'm saying? End quote. In the Civil Rights Movement, Martin Luther King Jr. said he wanted children of various races to play together and for us to judge based on their character, not the color of their skin. Which, that's what I grew up listening to, and that's what I believed. This new critical race theory stuff, it goes against Martin Luther King. They don't agree with Martin Luther King Jr. here. Um, they don't want to judge people based on their character. They want to judge people based on the color of their skin. That's why they're hiring people to get more diverse Um based on the color of their skin. That's why they're bringing in these black-owned businesses' products into Target. That's why they're doing this. It's to pick people based on their race and put it in, rather than the content of their products. So Martin Luther King Jr. wants us to judge people based on their character and not the color of their skin. It's based on merit, you know, not some pigment in your skin. But more and more businesses are judging people by their skin color, and some schools are even segregating again. During the Civil Rights Movement, black men went around holding signs saying, I am a man. They didn't want to be known as black men. They just wanted to be men. This is also a reference to not wanting to be called a boy, because that is ultimately condescending. To call a black man boy was a sign of some belief of superiority over them. Biden saying people of color can't figure out how to get online or get in line to get a vaccination is the same sort of condescension the civil rights movement was trying to get away from. The left certainly fears having a racist for president enough, and what you resist persists. But all of this focus on racism means there is a strong desire for it to be over with. 
Those who are for more diversity and those who are against racist programs are all against racism. Everybody wants racism to be over with. That's great. We all agree. We want it gone. So why isn't it gone? Some people are stuck in the drama triangle and focusing on what they don't want. They're beating a dead horse, so to speak. Vibrationally, there is no racism. We've already gotten what we asked for. But because they keep looking for racism, they keep finding it in places where it doesn't exist. And they keep manifesting it. And they're promoting it. And so we've got these racist things. So yes, there is racism. I'm not saying there isn't racism. I mean, the whole point of this podcast is the fact that Target is being racist. There is racism happening. But we could be moving on. We could be already receiving the world that is already created vibrationally where there is no racism. We've already been asking with really, really intense emotion. We've been asking for racism to be over with. It's already here vibrationally. We just have to line up with it and actually believe it. Also, I don't think I need to do a whole podcast on this story, so I'm just going to mention it at the end here. There's a new video that's gotten a lot of views of Nazario, a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army Medical Corps who got pulled over. I'll leave a link to it below. I saw on Twitter someone wrote that one of the officers looks at the camera as if he's scared about what's about to happen. And personally, I do believe qualified immunity has to end, but people were calling for calling for that for a long time. When George Floyd died this summer, people were annoyed that qualified immunity was still happening. Rather than actually getting that gone through legitimate ways, people decided to riot, which made the problem worse. If people were not scared, if they felt their power, they would get rid of qualified immunity and not riot. Riots happen because people who feel powerless are trying to take back their power when they don't realize that they're the ones who gave their power away in the first place. Instead of trying to find their power inside, they attempt to get that power back through physical actions. That wasn't why I wanted to discuss this, but I think it's important for people to realize why others riot. They're not just angry, they're scared that they don't have power, they don't feel safe. But there are better ways to feel powerful and safe that don't hurt others and don't make the situation worse. The reason I wanted to discuss this is the cops in these situations are scared. Vibrationally, people who feel powerless are attracted to each other. The cops asked him to get out of the vehicle, and he didn't for a long time. He was scared. But they were scared and felt powerless, too, because he was not obeying their orders, and they didn't know if he was dangerous or had a gun. In their mind, you know, adrenaline is rushing, and he's not following their simple instructions, so of course they're worried about what's going to happen. This is not to absolve people of any responsibility. People should face consequences for their actions, although I would suggest we don't need to place those on people because the universe or God source will do it for us, but regardless, my point is that in these altercations, it's best not to say this man was a victim and the cops were persecutors because that's more drama triangle stuff and you can flip it. The cops are feeling just like victims too. Both sides feel powerless or else they wouldn't have been in that situation to begin with. Take a rural town, for instance. These people living there may feel powerful. A cop could just ask somebody to get out of the vehicle and the person would just comply because they might feel just as powerful to get out of this by going through court and proving that they were innocent. There would be no altercation because both sides felt powerful. The cops got the person to comply in this particular example, and the person complied and won in court because they were innocent. If you feel powerful first, you wouldn't end up in situations like this with the George Floyd and this new um, example with the lieutenant. Only people who feel powerless would end up with a cop who is scared like this. 
and the riots make it worse. The people who are upset at cop violence and riot make it more likely that cops will be afraid to arrest a criminal because they don't want to be accused of racism. Again, they're scared. Scared cops do stupid stuff. And they're out there not attracting the black people who feel powerful. They're attracting the people who feel powerless and scared themselves. Floyd was so scared, which is why he didn't comply, which is what scared the cops. There are plenty of peaceful and really great, helpful interactions with police officers around the country. They obviously don't get shown on the news as often. Doesn't bring in the money like these awful situations that we do see. But these people who are in these great situations, these helpful interactions, they're not feeling powerless. They're feeling powerful. And I've had my own personal experiences. I've been pulled over when I was scared but not feeling particularly powerless, and the cop helped me. I've been pulled over while someone else was speeding, and the cop just let us go as I was practicing my law of attraction. These are not the droids you're looking for attitude in my head. I've also been pulled over about two blocks from my house when I was scared to drive because I wasn't insured at the time. I attracted that cop to me. (laughs) I own that situation. I was only two blocks away. It was a quick run. Man, you could do that anytime, anywhere, but because of my fear, I attracted it. I did. Um, I own that situation and it went fine, but I got what I was afraid to get pulled over in an embarrassing situation trying to get a ride since I couldn't drive legally anymore until things were sorted out. You get what you push against and what you're afraid of. The academies and riots are now teaching cops to be more and more frightened of riots and rough situations. The riots don't help. People who are afraid of cop violence just create more of it with riots because the cops end up being more and more afraid of situations. People who feel powerless and scared attract each other. People who feel powerful don't get into altercations. When two people who are feeling powerful get together, they're not afraid of what the other person is going to do because they feel powerful, they feel in charge, and they feel ready to take on the situation in whichever way. And so there aren't these altercations between people who are, are feeling powerful. So if you don't want to have these situations happen to you, you need to focus on feeling powerful first. I'm going to link to a new article I just wrote about how to do that. It's called Cleaning the World, What Can I Do? And it's about what to do to change the world and have an impact. The way to change the world is not to try to physically change other people. It's to change the way you see the world and to heal yourself. When you heal yourself, you'll heal the world. Thanks for listening. Share this podcast with others who you think may benefit from listening to it also. Feel free to comment on the website. Links are in the show notes and have a great day. Bye.